loving that theme song. Pretty, pretty sick tunes there. I believe that's an original track by uh, Friend of the Pod. Should we name check him? Uh, yeah, his name is uh, Ezra Koenig. <laughs> he sometimes goes by Eric Broberg, though. <laughs> he loves tennis and he loves Rashida Jones. Welcome to match point number nine, episode number two. This is a tennis podcast. I'm excited. My name is David Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. It's been a minute. It's we. It, it's been too long since we have done a podcast. That's why we had to wrangle ourselves up tonight. And I got my band Derek here with me. Derek, welcome. What's up, everyone? My name is Derek Kunimura. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Derek underscore sucks. So I feel like, you know, we left the audience hanging. The tens of downloads we're getting. We skipped a week over the course of the Miami Masters. We're going to have a, a recap here. We're going to go over the week ahead like we always do. We're a little bit, I had some family in town, so it was a bit of a struggle to coordinate schedules. It was a struggle for me to watch some of these matches. But we're here now, and we're going to talk some tennis and have some fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was a lot to talk about since the last time we did a pod, which was two weeks ago at the start of the Miami Open. Yeah, let's uh, catch up. As we always do, let's look, let's look back at the tennis week. That was, and that was the Miami Open. Man, I have to say, it was a great uh, fortnight in South Florida. Big headline, we have a new Florida man. (laughs) His name is Hubert Hubie Herkaz, who won his second tournament in the state. This time, a 1,000, not a little 250 like down in Delray. This is a big boy, big boy tournament. He uh, went through Kudla, Shapovalov, Ronich, Tsitsipas, Rublev in the semifinals, and then 19-year-old Yannick Center in the finals. I mean, we're kicking it off right now. We got a wave of the week. And for those that don't know, the wave of the week is spotlighting someone who caught a good wave and rode it to success. And I don't think anyone personifies that more in this tournament or this past week than Hubie. Derek, what'd you think of Hubie? I mean, those names that you listed off, the guys that he beat, like it sounds like one of those guys are the guys that beat all of those other guys. But Hubert Hercatch beat him. I mean, he was straight up on a roll. Uh, Like you said, he is the... The new Florida man. Um, he is the Prince of Florida after winning Delray earlier this year. My question is, like, he ripped. Now, is he on your bet list or what? Are you going to ride this one? I mean, yes. I, I liked him versus Ronich. I was too uh, I, I was too scared to board him. We can talk. We're going to get to our board here in a minute, too. We debuted the board. It did not go well. It was <laughs> as a, a podcast that um, we probably should have said this is a podcast that's mainly geared towards looking at tennis through a gambling perspective. It's like mostly tennis community, but then we also like to gamble on these matches as well. We're not coming from a hardcore degenerate, just posting plays. I'm on fire 17 in a row. Follow me now. Yeah. I am the tennis god of bankrolls and fire emojis. 18 five. Where's the love? Where's the likes? Let's go. <laughs> Show me some love. 18, 18 retweets. I get a free play. We're not coming from that perspective, but we do like to, to wager on these matches. And um, Herc has uh, straight cash, homie, all week. For sure. Uh, yeah. So 
that's what I was wondering. Like, if I'm going to keep playing this guy, like I played him against Brownish, but I mean, I didn't have the balls to play him against Chapo or Sitsy or definitely not Rublev, but I don't regret not playing him against those guys. But uh, I don't know. I, I wonder if I'm just going to chart start trying to write him in the future well it's now clay season so i'm not super familiar with his clay record and also though these tournaments will be taking place outside of the state of florida so we gotta <laughs> factor that into the handicap here's the thing chapo beat him the week before or the tournament before ronich he was he looked great i actually faded ronich against uh ugo boss umber the the match before but ronich looked good uh he's he plays well typically in thousands it was a tight match i believe that went three sets but yeah the rublev win was jaw-dropping yeah completely unexpected like after medvedev just bowed out you kind of thought like rublev was just going to walk away with that one but it seems like rublev had to go catch a private jet with medvedev back to russia or wherever they went to but uh yeah, he just bowed out of the very next day. Well, I believe our main account uh, at MP9 Tennis tweeted out that so Rublev's going to win this thing when <laughs> when Medvedev <laughs> went down. That tweet did not age well. No, it did not. Um, Rublev even knows that too. I mean, he only had to get through her cats and then Sinner. I mean, he's probably regretting that one. But after just seeing her cats' wins for the week, for the two weeks, it's like... Rublev, I don't know. I guess he can probably live with that one. I don't know. I mean, talking about Rublev here, I think is a good segue into just scoping out a little bit and opening up the conversation to the fact that the big three weren't there, right? There was no team. So it was a perfect opportunity for someone from the, the tier, you know, below those guys, although I would throw a team in the in the tier of Med and Rublev, to walk away with this thing, and Zverev and Tsitsipas, none of those guys stepped up to the plate to take down all of these points and all this cash. I feel like that's pretty indicative of their class. Just can't step up like when they need to or what? They just, I don't know. It's just like none of those guys are stepping up to be like the next like big thing. I was mm -hmm. hoping that Sinner would win so we would have some semblance of yeah, greatness. But like if they actually have a prophecy of becoming the best tennis player in the world, like there's just never going to fulfill that. Yeah. They're good. They're really good, but there's no one that's like in that, like next level arena at the moment, I think from the, from those guys, this was a perfect opportunity for someone to like stake their claim at that. Maybe that was Huber Hercash that did that. Hey, more power to him if he does, but uh... yeah, I mean like he played like a top 10 player. But I don't know. I just don't see him as a top 10 player. I, he did change my opinion about him, I have to say. I will be kind of... I, I'm not going to like be chasing him as a favorite, but dog spots, I might be chasing pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Moving on, let's talk about who we played in the finals. 19-year-old Italian Yannick Sinner. He seems to be here, Derek. Yeah, I was going to say he continues to impress, but no, I'm with you on that. He's just here. We've already been impressed, and then He's just living up to what we already expected him to be. Yeah, I was uh, unfortunately at the Los Angeles Zoo during his uh, Agu match, the semifinal, which was a thriller. I saw the highlights uh, and I was tracking it as we were walking uh, by the Flamingos. I just think the center is like a guy who's going to be there towards the end of, of tournaments now. 
and you should be the only thing is odds makers know that too so he's tough tough to get tough to get center at a decent price these days the odds makers definitely know how good center is uh we all know how good he is. Uh, we know how focused he is. He shouldn't be an underdog. I don't know. Probably till what quarters now? Probably not. Yeah, probably until he plays a med or a, a CC pass, maybe. Yeah. So, do you think he's going to be top ten by the end of the year? I think I said that on our inaugural yeah, podcast. You, you did <laughs> say that. So, I mean, once these like COVID rankings start dropping out one by one, I mean, he could be climbing the ranks here. He needs to win something other than the 250, mm-hmm. but I think he's got as good a shot as anybody, as Shapo or Felix, of making the ATP finals. Yeah, for sure. He is as good as Shapo. Do you think so? Oh, yeah. Shapo, well, here's the thing. I, I think physically, Shapo, he's got the tools to be a brute. He does, but, but I don't know if that's exactly great for tennis. Right. But mentally, he's just not there for a full match all the no, time he's not and then i don't know if sinner even has any emotion or whatever but whatever he does to what seems like he lacks emotion actually helps out his game a lot agreed he seems uh he's got the steady hand i tell you what i noticed that sinner does great is just climbing the court he gets up there that's why uh, i liked him against uh bublik to win and and straight sets because bublik was like killing taylor fritz we call him the pokey bowl tennis twitter calls him taylor freeze um <laughs> i like that <laughs> he was getting owned by bublik's drop shots and oh uh, yeah that, that, i didn't know yeah I, sorry i didn't know that bublik has a crazy drop shot like that that wasn't going to work on center <laughs> he can get up there and he can play defense and uh i did notice he 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 kind of struggles on the baseline although i think you said you think his baseline is pretty good but i don't think it's terrible i just noticed that when he was like crushing it into the net it was because he had to work the baseline a little bit too hard yeah i do think he's actually pretty good from the baseline uh he can play defense pretty well and then he can wait it out and then he can find those winners. And then with those winners, either side of the court, which is pretty dang scary at like all these ridiculous angles as well, too. It seems like we just gush about this guy every single episode. Well, he's We're going to continue to do that. Just a little bit more. I mean, this tournament also proved that he's never out. He exemplified uh, the mental fortitude to make a comeback many times. Derek, let's move on to the fact that we debuted our board plays this week, which were eviscerated and horrible. You should <laughs> have done the opposite you'd be 11 and 5 not 5 and 11 <laughs> which we are the board looked good though the design of the board oh yeah yeah i'll, it, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back i do enjoy it <laughs> from a design standpoint it looked great um if you actually read what was on it probably not so great the board plays are our picks for the day that we'll be posting on our Twitter account at MP9 Tennis. Free plays to have fun with and enjoy and engage with the, with the sport. We're not, uh, like I said, we're not coming at this. You know, we would love to make money. Obviously, we're not out here in the business of just like getting our bankrolls stolen. But as we're working this out and figuring out our angles, the board's going to be in development as we as we move on here. But we're going to be transparent and keep the, the 511 record. And as it grows, uh, grow with us. Uh, come along for the ride. Tell your friends. MP9 Tennis, we're here, baby. 
like Yannick Sinner. Yeah, come and take a look every single day. I was doing it every single day, and then uh, with my family and everything, it's, it's been a, a bit of a, a slog, and then with work. But uh, just ch- it's going to be up there more times than not, so check it out. We'll breeze through a couple things here. Much was made of the four Americans who made it into the round of 16. You know, it's the American tournament. The Americans are doing well. And then they went out the next day and mostly got handled and bounced uh john isner was a hot pick on the money line that day at plus 165 against roberto bautista agu and he's now 11 and 1 in tie breaks because he lost at tie break in miami for the first time glad i could uh, have that on the board and have my money on that play and be a part of that uh momentous occasion for isner's career i'm sorry you lost your uh, isner bet but i, I never bet isner <laughs> Taylor Fritz, who I had beating Bublik on our last podcast when we were doing the um, predictions for the the draw, he got beat by Bublik. I thought, you know, played great all tournament. Fritz, uh, he he showed some stuff again. He, he's a guy who wins a couple matches, and he's never overvalued, really. You know, he hangs out in the, the, the minus 170, minus 180 territory, and that's when he's, like, really favored. A lot of times he's minus 120 or even a dog, and he could win those early matches. Yeah, I mean, those odds makers even know. Like, they're even hesitant on taking that guy. They know that he's probably better than his opponent majority of the time, but... He's just going to flop at one point, just like he did here. Yeah. Medvedev mopped Tiafo, who was fun at the beginning of the tournament. We need Korda to, like, be a thing. So Tiafo is not always a night match <laughs> for American tournaments. I mean, I like Francis. He's a fun player. But the one match he dumped the entire first set, he either got bagel or breadsticked, and then he came back to win. I'm trying to figure out what match that was Leovich. yeah that was terrible those two guys remember when we made that bet leo versus stevie johnson and acapulco last year he dropped the first set to stevie and we were like what is happening <laughs> yeah something was wrong with the world during that set I, I don't know what it was exactly who started that but that was just mean like i don't know why they would make a stress like that and actually make stevie johnson think that he's gonna win a match too yeah but there was one hero who survived one american hero to top them all sebastian corda thank you sir for making it past the round of 16 in an american tournament and then his next match he had rocky four vibes against uh rublev it was the heavy favorite versus the upstart corda hell of a level in the second set i mean this guy looked doa he battled back he was they had tennis Gino had the thigh cam because the thigh was throbbing Got a lot of good shots of court of thigh on that one, but he ultimately lost. I have to say the conditions the last two weeks have been a bit of a mix of hardcore and clay because of the speed of the, the court. So Corda has excelled at Acapulco and in Miami. I, I got big hopes for Corda for clay season. Yeah, I think Corda has become my favorite United States tennis player. Maybe Jen Brady. You know what? Screw that. Now I'm just going to straight up say Corda is my favorite United States tennis player. Now that guy just crushes. He's pretty dang reliable out of all those guys I made to the quarters that were American players. I honestly think he's just the best of them. He's 
what ranked the lowest too. So you might be able to still catch him at some good odds at this point too. Yeah. Especially early in tournaments, he's probably because of his rank, he's going to face some guys who seem like they might be the favorites that he will probably cruise on by. How funny was it that the tennis channel and other media outlets were like trying to make a big deal about quarters, like first top 20 win and it was against Fognini and then <laughs> His first top 10 win later was against Schwartzman. I was like, these guys have just been tanking the entire year almost. They're just making a big deal. Like he just beat somebody that was ranked in the top 20 and the top 10. Well, those guys aren't even playing like top 20 or top 10 players. Oh, I want to Fahaniti's been losing uh, first rounds for about six months now. More than yeah. that. Since the, since the tennis came back. Yeah. Since he's been a top 20 player. Yeah. Let's not forget he beat the GOAT, uh, Oslan Karatsev, too. Oh, that was a big win. It seemed like Karatsev, uh, a.k.a. Tennis Terminator, sent back from the future to win tennis in 2021. He seemed to have something up with him. People were insinuating match fixing, which I don't think was the case. I just think the guy was on a, on a run. You know, it's a, we have the wave of the week. It's a wavy sport think that uh, wave crashed out on him yeah there is a little uh theory that his coach uh he tested positive for covid so he wasn't allowed at the tournament so he didn't make it into the bubble reason it to that I, why else would the goat lose i, I don't know <laughs> it's tennis it's tennis sometimes you lose they have in the nfl any given sunday uh, any given match uh with these guys uh, not named Djokovic, federer pre-2017 and Nadal on clay. Speaking of unbelievable dumps, a mustachioed Medvedev, which I was loving the mustache. Uh, I I wanted to, I had a tweet on our account. I'm quitting my job to just write fan fiction where Medvedev is a, a retired tennis player in Miami. He's a new detective working the beat, solving crimes with that mustache. I got very uh, Elmore Leonard Miami vibes with him. I feel like he'd fit in that universe pretty well. Maybe he caught on to that a little bit too much and he went to go be a gumshoe because he got absolutely annihilated by a goo in the quarters. Yeah, that guy just had cramps. I don't know how many bananas he didn't eat that morning. He should have ate some more. But it seems like he was also just dealing with the heat as well, too. Like a lot of players were, as you saw throughout the tournament. The heat so was, was a big factor all week. We That was uh, something we should know. The conditions are a major part of the handicap. You want to know the court, you want to know the weather, and you want to know the, the matchup. The heat was definitely a major factor all week for these guys. Uh, we mentioned Karatsev. I don't think he was handling the heat very well either. Korda, what, trains and practices in Florida. So he handled that. Same with her cats too. Yeah, well, he loves it there. He now lives in Miami. Um, he uh, is, he, I think he voted for DeSantis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Med, that was... Because that was meds for the taking in the tournament. Let's just be real. It was. It did seem off, though, like once the tournament started with the heat and everything and people seem like they're going to acclimate to it. And then you just kind of saw like three rounds in that they were still having troubles that they were having in the first round. So it's not like it was anybody's tournament at that point, but it didn't seem like it would be surprising if Medvedev 
and or Rublev lost. Moving on to our other notes here, Zverev uh, lost to Emil Rusevori. I think I said that right. I I saw his name pronounced several times on Tennis Channel. I, I might have still got it wrong. That was a classic case of a guy, and this is a note for gamblers out there. It was a good fade spot, actually, that some people did play the games i saw some some twitter bookies on the the games rusu plus the games zverev just was in the acapulco where he won he was having fun he has been pretty vocal about how he hates traveling and all this stuff that's going on with the atp and how they're handling bubbles and everything it's a little unpredictable that he would just get crushed like he did because i think he lost like pretty (laughs) handily but he definitely like took advantage of getting bounced from a tournament to i assume just go do whatever he wants because he didn't give an f because he just won in acapulco yeah he breadstick that uh first set six one and then he went on to lose six three six one isn't that kind of classic zverev right there yeah i feel like it's classic guys in that tier pay attention to those matches for that that class where they're playing up and comers who maybe it means a little bit more against them get a nice price on the the plus games take a shot on the money line because who knows what's going on they're all diva and drama dudes yeah i i totally agree i mean those tall dudes there's something up with all of them uh zverev sitsipas chapo those three guys i don't know if it has to do with being tall <laughs> but for some reason those guys all have some sort of a emotional issue of just kind of just staying within the match and they have the skill set to do it, but they don't want to keep their mind into it for some reason. You mentioned Schwartzman getting beat, uh, although I thought he looked pretty good. He had some nice nice wins in Miami, but he did provide another top 10 win to Korda. Uh, that's his third. That's the third time he's done that this season. He's provided a top 10 win for Karatsev, Husetsi, and Korda now. Get this guy out of the top 10. <laughs> I'm sorry, Diego. Really <laughs> But uh, you're getting manhandled out here. Thankfully, it's clay season. We will probably get all your points back and remain in the top 10. <laughs> I mean, if he keeps losing to all these people and starts giving these players their first top 10 victories, I mean, I think he's going to be, he'll, he'll gladly leave the top 10. So his name's going to be tossed around like that. And then my final note on the men's side, uh, Bublik appears to be enjoying himself. Uh, we always joke because he has some famous quotes in his past about how he only plays tennis for money and he hates tennis. But even losing to Sinner, he had the funny joke about, who are you? You're not human. What are you, like 15 or something? So like so good. even in defeat, he was kind of laughing. And by the way, I have to give it to Tennis Channel. I really love the um, post-match interviews. And that set up, I enjoyed that. And Bublik gave a great interview. You took note of that as well. Yeah, that was freaking hilarious. That guy needs me in the mic more. But yeah, kudos to Tennis Channel for actually putting a millennial on the broadcast, uh, making it a lot more fun rather than just hearing Courier just say some smug <laughs> comments after every single match. Uh, but yeah, it's great to actually finally hear some sort of humor. Yeah, and Bublik, too, he is one of the top players in wins for 2021 so far. And as we go into clay season, I that's something to keep in mind because he is a good clay player. 
He's a good tennis player. Yeah. For him to be as consistent and relevant as he was in the in this first portion in the hard court, he's definitely going to have opportunities to make some noise here if he's engaged like he appears to be during clay season. And then, Derek, uh, let's move on to the women's side of the Miami Open. Uh, you have some notes here that uh, I will let you uh, take the mic and, uh, and run with it. I don't know if you guys saw Bianca Andreescu at all. I mean, there was a lot of opportunities that you could see her. She played every single dang match that she possibly could. Uh, but within those matches, she was just up and down the entire time. And if you watch, like you can see that she does have a variety of shots like within her arsenal that just kind of highlights like how good she really is. But the thing is, is that she was just getting broken. Uh, she would just take games off. And that was like the what would happen. She would just get broken. But you just knew that she was just better and she would eventually break back. So given the rocky nature of her game, you got to take a look at her live odds because she'll be down a break and she'll be the underdog at that point. And you can just take a stab at that. And it's not much of a stab because it seems like it's a pretty good bet. Like it's probably a 75% chance that she'll win. So if you take a look even at the uh, Sakari match, yeah, I got her live against Sakari. Uh, it's a pretty significant dog, which I should have posted on the main account. By the way, we did much better live, so we are posting live bets. We're two and one live. That, that was a fun match, though. I mean, that thing was just back and forth. I didn't think for a split second that Bianca was going to lose. And she got broke at, what was that, like at 5-5? Five, five? <laughs> I, I wasn't even scared, and that wasn't even in the third set. So then Sakari just had a hold to... Uh, to win the match, but that's not how Bianca works, yo. Uh, she came back, she fought back in that thing. I'm pretty sure she even broke at love and then just beat her down in the tie break. So uh, next time you see Andrescu down in a match, you should bet for her. Uh, she's going to have the odds on her. I'll give a shout out to Josh Gross, who does tennis for Fade the Noise. Uh, he was tweeting, and rightfully so, that her odds for futures for the the u.s open were rapidly <laughs> diminishing with her success during this run so if you can still get a good price for a u.s open future on her i think that that's uh, a smart bet if you can have that hanging out there until september yeah i agree i mean she's only 20 but she's gonna be really really good what about osaka how do you think that she played well another case where there was suspicion of match fixing which i thought was hilarious osaka won the ao she came to Miami to hang out and party and collect the appearance fee and not really take it all that serious. That's again, like we got to be factoring in some of the personality of these players. Not that Osaka isn't focused on tennis because you can see that she clearly takes the time to prepare, practice, get better. It shows in the, the bigger tournaments. I don't know how serious she took this Miami draw. But yeah, yeah. I mean, she was... What she hasn't lost a match in 14 months, but uh, I mean, she did have uh, like some retirements here and there, so but still, like, I guess she had to come back to earth a little bit, right? Yeah, she was due for now, and that's not to take away from Sakari, who played a great match uh, and has beat her in the past and was a solid value in that match. I, I, I saw that myself looking at the odds ahead. Um, she was a significant dog, probably too much. Because Sakari, you know, she was playing well and she made it all the way 
to the semis, I believe. It was definitely um, a case where Osaka was just beaten, found herself underwater and couldn't get her way back out. Yeah, I mean, she was serving pretty poorly. I remember like her first serve percentage was even under 50%. The way that Sakari returns the ball, I mean, you ain't going to win a match if you're serving <laughs> under 50% with your first serve. You know, it just goes to show the parody of the WTA because Ash Barty, she was back in full effect. It was Barty Party in Miami, speaking of partying. After an early match where she had to come back uh, late in the third, I guess early in the third, but late in the match, to even survive i feel like after that moment where she was down and we 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 cashed live that day her and sabalenka i believe were down and we played on them live and they both came back to win after that though barty was in control i think the rest of the tournament yeah definitely i mean i want to touch on the parody that you're talking about earlier if you saw like the draw for the men's side going into the miami opens like we were talking about it last podcast it's like just we just kind of just thought that Medvedev and Rublev were just going to walk away with it. And even if that same tournament was just going to happen all over again, still pick the same two guys probably. And, but for the WTA side, I mean, it was just so stacked and everybody showed up and there's just so much parody and it's, it's really fun to watch. Like you never know what's going to happen. I felt like the WTA side was a more exciting like match wise than the ATP side. So semifinals were much more exciting because, well, I don't know. Her beating Rublev was pretty exciting. Luca was exciting in a way that it was an upset though, right? Yeah. It wasn't like a thriller, like three setter. No, like there were some really good Andrescu matches. Like the one that she had against Sakari was really good. That Cerebras Tormo match was really good. Her Muguruza match was also really, really good. So, all right, Derek. Have we reached the end? Was that the tennis week that was? Let's look at the tennis week that will be. It is happening. We're a little bit late in the week because of uh, family and obligations and work and yada, 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 et cetera. Excuses, Derek. That's what they are. They're excuses. Let's look at ATP Cayetti in Italy. Did I say it right? Cayetti. 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 It's one of those. The ATP tournament that's in Italy. There's one in Spain. There's one in Italy. It's the one in Italy. Let's dive into the draw. All right, Derek, this is pretty exciting because podcast favorite Daniel Evans is the top seed. And he is not going to like that. So in the first round, he gets a bye. And in the second round, he gets to play Lorenzo Musetti. Yeah. Okay. Do you think Musetti is going to win a slam? Before or after center. And let's incorporate the fact that he is pretty dang ridiculous on clay. I think he will win a slam after center. I just think center's game is very mature and we've gotten some splash from Musetti in a very small sample size in a, in a period of the season that is looking for young players to move up and do well. I, I just feel like center is a big boy now. And uh, I don't know that Massetti is at this point. Yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take Sinner to win a slam. But if Rafa, I think, is, I don't know, maybe hurt. But I think that in the f- next few years, like, even if he does get hurt, he's just going to, like, probably focus only on the French. So Agreed. I'm going to go with Sinner as well. Do you want to talk about the fact that Dan Evans is a plus 300 underdog as the top seed in the tournament in the first round? Is he really? <laughs> Musetti is lay. You have to lay four dollars. 
to play oh Mercedes my Lord. on the money uh, line here. Okay, so are you playing Evans? Uh, I'm assuming you're not putting that on the board, but I'm definitely not boarding it, but I'm shooting my shot personally. Yeah, why not? Yeah, like a half a unit or what? Yeah, half a unit. Yeah. Or I like the plus four and a half games. I mean, I, games are so hard to predict, but I feel like he's got six four six four in him at least or even taking a set you know yeah let's not forget that uh dan evans actually went to the doubles final at miami as well too he did let's give him some shine (laughs) that doesn't translate to singles clay in italy but yeah let's i'm gonna throw a half unit at that keep in mind all you listeners that we are big dan evans fans at heart so this is kind of just a funsies play. So it's, it's a pro Evans podcast. Well, this is going to come out after this match is taking place. That's a fact. All right. We got Laszlo Dejir. Jir. Laszlo. Laszlo Jera. Laszlo Jera. Yeah. It's pretty sweet that they actually say it themselves, right? Uh, Yeah. I should do this like every time. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do a segment where you just say something wrong or like we get to like Rusovori or whatever. And then I give you like five tries and then we get to listen to how he says it. Uh, being a white American tennis fan is super fun. <laughs> Can't even pronounce anyone's freaking name. Uh, I know how to pronounce Stevie Johnson's name. Stevie Johnson, I nail every time, never without hesitation. <laughs> you think Laszlo Jetta has like a difficult time saying Stevie Johnson? See, you even say it better than Laszlo Laszlo Jera. I I I got I got I got I got it. He is playing John Millman, who I played last night against Korea, who I believe in their first podcast I said was a solid clay player, and then went out and lost to Millman. I texted you their uh, recent matches last night, and it was uh, looked like a, about as successful as our board play so far. <laughs> yeah, there's just a bunch of L's leading up to this match so something had to give it went millman's way yeah and it was three sets so uh korea did do something and then we got uh inaugural board of the the week winner here do you want to try to pronounce his name no i was teeing it up for you <laughs> nicolas bachelors billy yes basel and kovalik okay so this is looking pretty good uh Basel's billy is a minus 130 if you think he's going to win, how do you feel? Well, I don't, how is he on clay? So we, we got to factor in what's his clay like? What's his clay like? <laughs> what's his clay play like? You know what? Actually, on clay, Basel has a win against Rublev from 2019. Okay. Kovalev has. has been yeah. beating uh, challenger dudes, although he did beat Galan, who has been playing pretty well. Yeah. I don't know if I would base a bet based on uh, Galan. But uh, Basilisvili has lost the last four matches on clay. So he's not looking too hot coming into this. Well, look at the competition, though. Sonego, Sonego, Agu, Montero, who is crafty. Yeah, and Del Bonus. So two of those, yeah, he should have definitely lost. Two of those were toss-ups. He got a set off. So in 2019, he got a set off Felix. Felix. Then he mops Sanga. Dude, what's up with Sanga? I wish that guy came back to form, but as he gets over, so the 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 dream is over. I would still take uh, Vashlos Billy. Yeah, I think that's a a, a solid. Yeah, minus one thirty. I like that. I might have to board that. Let's keep moving. Brody. Yeah, Brody versus my uh boy John Leonard Stroof, who I 
pick to go to the quarterfinals at Miami, who bowed out on, I believe, the second <laughs> round last week. So that hilarious hot take that you might have heard in the last episode. Yeah, that didn't fare very well. True fever uh, was like the COVID vaccine uh, or like COVID vaccine side effects. <laughs> they don't last very long. <laughs> no, he uh, lost to RBA, I believe, who I thought he was just going to beat, but that guy ended up making it to the semis. <laughs> <laughs> he did pretty well. What are the odds here? Ah, Stroof is on that classic fade $2 favorite line. But I, I don't he's, know, man. I feel like he's got he's got to be able to beat Brody, right? Yeah, uh, Stroop's a pretty good clay player, just in general too. So I've never seen Liam Brody play English guy. Twenty seven. I don't know, man. I kind of like Brody. Brody Why? plus three or the over twenty two games. Yeah, I mean, if we're basically on separate sides here, so let's uh, probably take the over in that then. <laughs> Again, these are going to be happening before people can listen to it. <laughs> but uh, that's okay. We're recommending the over 22 games in that match. I mean, he's been dicing it up in challengers on clay. So maybe he's got a decent match in him. So, yeah, I, I'd feel comfortable taking the over in that. All right. So we got the top half of this bracket kind of laid out with who we think is going to win. Let's say it's Musetti beating Dan Evans because he's literally almost <laughs> a five dollar favorite. So poor Dan are, Evans. Other three hundred first round. <laughs> that's oh. the one seed. That's the one seed. <laughs> oh. That's so epic. His name's not even Benoit Pair. Uh, all right, so then we got Musetti versus Laszlo, and then I'm gonna go Musetti. So, wow, Musetti is like Damn. in the semifinals of this thing, and then yeah, that's how I see it. And then you got Struff. I feel like let's just pencil in Struff for the um that's semis. Going with us, yeah, you think you'll take out Bachelors Philly or Kovalik, yeah, so that's what I was thinking. And then I got Musetti going on to the final, then wow, you don't. <laughs> No, yeah, you're right. I, I would have to, and I wonder who would be, fa- I feel like Mercedes would be the favorite against Troop somehow. I mean, the guy's been on the scene for like <laughs> six weeks, <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's been hot. He's Nike hardcore. He's a teenager, so can't count him out. Yeah, he was ripping the clay season last year. All right, so we got Musetti in the uh, in the finals here. All right, on the bottom half, we got Hoffman versus uh, Cicciannato. I think this one's kind of a coin flip for me but i'm definitely leaning towards halfman this is a pick em, and you're right so you called it coin flip minus 110 each way oh nice i'm on it quit my job become an odds maker <laughs> i'm going yannick yeah moving him on the, not all the italians are making this thing and then we got sonega versus uh simone take sonego on that one yeah. i think sonego is a better hardcore player so what's what's the, what's what are these odds sonego's got to be a significant favorite yeah he's minus 220 definitely would take sonego over Kyle simone and then um we got this is a match that i'm i actually would want to watch Betene versus Gerasimov. i mean maybe i'm just a sick tennis degen but i <laughs> that match actually appeals to me because i enjoy both <laughs> those players i kind of lean igor so. oh yeah i was thinking Betene. another toss-up minus 105 on igor and then Betene is minus 115 so did you take the over in that over baby and then we got uh whoa fritz is in this thing yeah, so I got that guy. 
<laughs> going to the final. <laughs> Number two seed, Taylor Fritz. Yeah, he could. I don't know. It could be. Are we going all unless Senego? I mean, it could be all That's, Italian. Yeah, I got him lining up against Senego in the semi. That would actually be a fun match on clay. Senego Fritz and very telling of of where each player is going. Yeah, I mean, when was the last time Fritz was a number two seed at a tournament? I like, gotta be honest, I I did not look at the draw really before this. That was a complete shocker to see Fritz's <laughs> name there. Yeah, uh, he did have to fly over there. I mean, there's some other random people there, like Tommy Paul's in this, who's not in it anymore as he already lost. Yeah, they definitely shared a flight. He should, as in Taylor Fritz, should make it to the final. It, it's on him. Listen, if it's Fritz Musetti, Fritz has a chance of winning this thing. No, he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Fritz doesn't have a chance of winning any tournament. He has a chance of going deep. He doesn't have a chance of winning a tournament. I would take Musetti over Fritz any day on clay. All right. Well, we have Musetti winning this, uh, winning Cayete. Let's move on to Marbella real quick. I won a nice bet i have no idea why kwan was a plus 225 dog against rune who was a wild card the young uh bjork haired upstart who we highlighted on our first podcast has four names two of which i refuse to pronounce holger rune is a future stud but i liked kwan i mean kwan is listen it's not great on clay but he's good enough to beat a teenager yeah Quan scraps <laughs> plus 225. Come on. But we got Carino Busta as the one seed here. He's playing uh, Martinez. Yeah, the question really is, is what Busta we're going to see here. We know what Busta is capable of, but after seeing him what bow out of the AO hurt, kind of wonder where he's at right now. Yeah, this is a fun draw because first off, it's a chance for Fanini to like do something because he's not playing anyone that great. Yeah, how come he doesn't get slack? Um, he's skating by and in fact you know what though i would actually bet on fun 80 tomorrow he's a plus 135 dog to moonar oh yeah i'm in on that one you gonna board that one i might have to board that one yeah so i'm looking at boost as previous matches since the ao he uh played in dubai lost in the first round of fuchovic like we know fuchovic has been on another one this year so not that bad of a look by Busta, even though agreed probably had some lingering issues maybe possibly from australian open so. i mean i'm looking at he's in the final this is if he loses to any of these guys that's embarrassing yeah uh really it really is just by looking at this draw plus it's in spain too yeah so do your thing man comfortable there yeah the bottom it's- half though with alcaraz rude davidovich Fokina. this is a fun fun bracket to see play out an alcaraz rude which i hope Okay, first off, one of the youngest versus one of the oldest in the next yeah. round, and Feli Lopez versus Alcaraz. That should be a fun match. Feli's crafty, just kind of old, and you got this little young buck that can do it up. So I, I'd still take Alcaraz. Yeah, he's a $2.60 favorite right now. Ew, that must hurt Feli. <laughs> <laughs> that old man just struggling against a teenager in his home country i want to know what about a boost boost is only uh two dollar forty boost is actually a shorter favorite than alcaraz uh, that's dirty what about a boost alcaraz parlay yeah i'd be in for that you're at minus 104 there so pretty much even money hey, i'm gonna definitely play that one so this is pretty much wide open i would pencil in rude 
personally. I just feel mm-hmm. like Rude was awesome on clay last year, especially in the Golden Swing. Yeah, and, I can see that happening. And he, but he has health issues though too. You know what? What are his odds? He's less than a two. Probably Majer's Maj- pretty good. Majer is plus one fifty. Yeah, I mean, I would expect Casper to win there, but yeah, Majer's not a chump. But Rude was hurt. He pulled out of Miami, I believe. So I, health issues there. So it's worth a shot. Dang. Okay. Throw a half unit at Maja then. Why not? So this is wide open. This will be exciting to see how this plays out. I, I really don't know. I mean, I I would pencil in Rude, but Fabio is definitely better on clay than he is on hardcore. Okin is no joke either. I agree. He's decent on he's I believe he's just a good player all around. He's good on hardcore and clay. Yeah, he's in that bottom half that's it's more stacked than that top half. He's got this Avashka in the guy next. So he can win that. And then he's up against Munar or Fonini. Those two guys are both beatable. So then he can move on to the, to the semis there. From there, he could beat Alcaraz, Rude, however you see it. Yeah. Foreman. So he could very well make it to the final too. I mean, that bottom half, that's anyone's game. Yeah, that's about as wide open as it gets. <laughs> like, I don't even, I can't even like guess who a, would make A that. bunch of slightly above average players <laughs> in, the, in the bottom half right there. <laughs> none of them really shining i tell you what the sport needs is alcaraz to make the finals <laughs> or rude man rude is fun too he could be a fun player yeah i mean let's just face it dude that's Busta's tournament for him to lose that's just points and money on the line and yeah, that guy's just in spain probably just walking to that tournament just walking home Maybe walking home with a trophy. All right, Derek. Well, let's quickly breeze through the WTA Charleston real quick. We got three tournaments here. Surprisingly stacked field with Barty and Muguruza and Kinnan in here. Yeah, so it's a clay tournament and it's within the United States. So maybe these people just hopped on a bus up to Charleston. Well, Kinnan flew, pri- no flew private because she's now sponsored by a private jet. Oh, so you sponsored by like net jets or something <laughs> like Honda jets or something. I guess that's better than being sponsored by Barilla. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I wish I would have remembered when we we're talking about Yannick center, I discovered that he is just, he's sponsored by Parmesan cheese, which is awesome. You just have like a party with him and Coco golf. We sponsored by Barilla. It's like, Oh yeah, we're having a great feast tonight. Okay, so, yeah, you think Barty's going to repeat here or what? I got to say this is like Barty just had a big breakthrough. I do question her commitment to going all the way. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I would question that too. I mean, she did take a year off that one time just to basically get away from tennis. I don't know if that's some Australian thing. Obviously, we can talk about Kyrgios, his head going in and out of the game. But, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of don't see her winning this tournament just winning two back-to-backs but she rips on clay though i mean she has won a french open for agreed so i mean like let's look at her draw she's got doy in the second round who she can beat play an, an american that she'll mop probably if she really wants to yeah then she's up against either american and what shelby rogers and amanda nisimova totally beatable for barty in the quarters She'd be looking at probably Benchich. Yeah, or... but Benchich loves to, I mean, she loves to lose too. Yeah, I, I'm not a big Benchich fan at all. She's not very solid. I mean, she can get through some rounds, but she's just one of those people that's kind of hits a wall. Like if she plays somebody better than her, she's likely not going to win. We know damn well that Barty's better than her. 
<laughs> so, I mean, so we got Barty going to the quarters, right? I and would then, think at least. I would just like that's like it's not like she's playing a Sakari. Like no. Saka did. There's like a lot of people in this. But they're also just not very good players. I like how the WTA has the prize for winning the match. It's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> Even the final is only winning fifty thousand dollars. Oh, so that's it's it? like, yeah. Okay, then maybe Barty wants to go to the final. Then I mean, right? Like, I now I feel like maybe she wants to win because it's like fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> as opposed to if I just if I dump, I came here to win all of. If you win two matches, you won seven thousand. You win three, you won thirteen thousand. Yeah, won- like the the women's smaller tournaments, like the two fifties and the five hundreds, they don't get paid very much compared to the men's but like the slams is where it's at because the pays equal well that's like if you just you just want a big thousand got that payday mm-hmm. is it worth the little bit more money i don't know i feel like ash party though is more of the ilk of i'm going to win yeah I, but do you feel like that she really wants to win or that she really loves tennis that i'm not convinced i'm convinced that she's i don't know the best player i don't know sans osaka but I don't know if her head's always there. She doesn't seem too happy or elated that she won a match. Well, I think that's part of it. I think actually that's part of being like a champion. It's like like a, a routine champion is like yeah. being emotionless. <laughs> and like this is you're going about your business, like kind of like Kobe. It's like Kobe wasn't like a big celebrator. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because it's, it's all about focus in the end. We could get Mertens Jabor, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be a good matchup. Ons has been pretty fire this year. Oh, yeah. I love watching her play. And then, yeah, Trevisan's already out. She lost uh, Ons Jabor, who I do like, but let's go further down. The curious case of Coco Goff is in question, who is lined up to face Kennan in the third round. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, good luck to either of those two. Annoying American draw because you want to see them both do well. Yeah, it seems like Tennis Channel doesn't even highlight her as a an American too much, or at all, really. Yeah, <laughs> it's like dang, it's like she won a slam last year, and they're like, eh, let's uh look at Jessica Pagula. <laughs> like they love anim- yeah, Pagula and yeah, Anna Samova. Anna Samova. They yeah, want right? to make yeah, like you were right when you we texted you, you were like they want to make her a thing. I think you're right yeah i mean Mova is all right she's what like 510 or something like that so she's got the height on her but her variety of skills like i don't know it doesn't have too many dimensions to it by the way i was watching um kvitova versus storm sanders uh today uh, yeah yeah i didn't realize that um kvitova has she's made 32 million dollars on the tour oh she yeah she she slams, dude. She uh, made most of that money betting against Benoit Pair, actually. that <laughs> cash. <laughs> Going games under on Benoit Pair. She knows how to manage her money pretty well. It's, it's, she doubled up just betting games under on Benoit Pair. Yeah, for sure. She like wins a match, and she's like, oh, I know where I'm going to put this money. Where's and the tra- DraftKings Sportsbook? <laughs> Oh my god. Well, I gotta say, Muguruza, I mean, can we get Muguruza, I think we can get Muguruza and Barty final. Uh, yeah, so it's looking like the semi would be what, Muga, Kennan, or 
Goff. You yeah. can throw in Kavitova uh, over Muguruza. So, uh, although this doesn't look very fun at this point, but like once we hit the quarters, it's going to get pretty nasty. Yeah, I don't know. Kavitova versus Muguruza going to be a sick match. And if we get Kenan Goff, that's going to be a pretty good one because I just think Kenan's really not at 100%. She got what, she appendix, appendix surgery. Yeah, yeah right. Appendectomy. In, yeah, in Australia. So she seems like she's still kind of recovering from that. She looked, what, I don't know, 70%, 80% in Miami. So that that uh, Goff-Kenan match is going to be pretty dope. Well, that's the main coverage for tennis channel during the daytime for us unfortunately the the men's service games will be while we're sleeping so that's what we that's what we have on the on the docket okay so you want to pick a winner real quick yeah i mean i'll I'll go muguruza nice okay all right i mean i wanted to pick her but i just i one i just think she's awesome and i don't like i just want her to do well <laughs> I, same. I like her. I, I like her a lot. Like I, I think she's a good personality. I think she's a great tennis player. Very focused. She's just been ripping. Um, she what won her first tournament in two years. She didn't play too well at the at Miami. I mean, she bowed out to Andreescu. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with you. I'm, I, I know I'm the co-host, and I'm supposed to say something different, but. Not going to do that. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Muguruza. I can switch it up and say Barty Party all day. I mean, no. there, there really isn't any reason to believe the other than like Barty, other than believing more than ever because of just how the, the, the circuit is working and that Barty's just like, F this, I want to like take some time off. But I got the look at the cash breakdown. Like Barty's like incentivized to win. <laughs> <laughs> she so. is, but I don't know. She just won quite a bit of dough true all right derek well uh i think that brings us finally to the end i've had fun have you had fun hell yeah dude i mean i don't get to talk tennis with anybody else (laughs) agreed so yeah i got the nerd out we talked some tennis i feel like there was valuable information there for the audience and just to engage in tennis culture as well um here you know a couple guys talk about the sport so i hope you had fun listening i look forward to engaging with you follow us on twitter at mp9 tennis at carl jr at derek underscore sucks yeah we're here we're out here now this is episode two essentially we did it's episode three we're calling it two we're starting from zero up because that's just how we're doing it all right sorry we exist we're real we're sticking around and um catch our wave yeah yeah uh hit us up on twitter you got our handles uh, say jokes Talk shit. Who cares? Just talk to us. Exactly. Until next time, see you on the court.